Okay, let's have a seat, everybody. Let's have a seat. Everybody pull out your yellow card. There should be one on your bulletin. If you are new to the church, your guests, please don't worry about this. This is for our home family. This is what we have done for 30 years. We are kind of an unusual church. We don't take up offerings. It's rare that we do. Our people give by conviction instead of being asked every week, and they use our offering boxes at the back. So uh, at the top, it says, I believe in tithing. I'm going to honor the Lord the rest of my life. You check that box. You estimate what that will be, and you fill it in. You will never be contacted. You won't receive a letter about it, but our board will use this to plan our budget. The next box says, I'm not quite there, but I want to get started. And so you check that box and fill in that blank. The last one is my favorite. It's for faith promise. Everyone say faith promise. It's how we raise money for missions. And so that is not a pledge but my wife and I, we wrote, we checked that box and we write an amount and we asked the Lord to put extra above our ties in our hands next year and we're going to give that to missions. And so uh, we're very grateful for that. And then at the bottom is also something very important. Every one of us, one of us in the room are called of God. First to be his child, and then to serve him. And that's different for every person, and it'll change throughout your lifetime. But is God calling you? One, I want to go on a short-term mission trip. I went on my first one 37 years ago, changed my life. I've been going ever since. Then I would like to take one of our global partners, missionaries, and pray for that family on a regular basis. Or... I'm feeling a stirring that I need to be in vocational ministry. I don't know what that looks like, but I feel the stirring and I need to take a step. So whatever God is putting in your heart, at the last song when their service is just about over, most of our church family will stand up and come down and place their yellow cards in the offering basket. So is that clear? You got it? Thank you. You got it? Thank you. Thank you. You see this young lady to my right? This is Michelle. Say good morning to Michelle. Good morning. Michelle was raised in this church, and I love her like a daughter. And uh, she has a great calling, and she's serving the Lord in missions through Go International. That took me on my first mission trip. And she's going to be sharing about what God is doing in her life. And this rascal, I mean this reverend, this rascal reverend, this is Larry Montgomery. And Larry, thank you, thank you. Larry has served the Lord in a long time. What did you used to do for a living? Uh, worked in corrections. Some of you may know him. Yeah. I worked there. I okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, Larry, his heart has been pierced by missions. And he also serves through Go International, and he's an associate pastor in the church I love in Henry County. So let's just stretch out your hands and let's pray for these servants of the Lord. Father, thank you for Larry and Michelle and the impact they're having around the globe. I pray more, Lord, more anointing on them and anointing on us to receive what you've got for us. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. All right, good morning, Church of the Savior. It's so good to be here with you today. Um, Steve said I grew up in this church, so I honestly never thought I'd be up here preaching on a Sunday morning. <laughs> so, uh, But God is good. It's just a testament to uh, what he has done in my life over the years. And so um, I'm Michelle, and this is Larry Montgomery. We work for Go International. And before we get started this morning, um, we just want to honor somebody who is dear and dear to our heart. Um, Larry Cochran, I think many of you probably know him in this church. Um, he has been, yeah, round of applause for him. He's amazing. <laughs> Um, loves the Lord, has served him faithfully for many, many years, and has had a huge impact 
um, on both of our lives, mentored us over the years, and really I am where I'm at because of him. Um, he asked my dad to go on a mission trip back in 1997, I think it was. My dad went, came back. I remember hearing my dad share stories. My dad, sorry to call you out, Dad, but my dad didn't really cry much before then, and he started sharing these stories and just tears like flowing down his cheeks. And I knew something was different with my dad. That God had tenderized his heart for, for the nations and for people. And so about a year later, he said, I'm taking my whole family and we're all going. And so here I am. There's Larry Cochran. My parents are in there. It's my very first mission trip to Venezuela in 1999. And God just changed my life, and I'll share more about that later, but I'm just so thankful for Larry Cochran. He's uh, mentored me over the years and discipled me um, to help me get to where I am today. So, And actually, Larry was supposed to be the one speaking with Michelle today, and unfortunately, something come up, he couldn't be here, and uh, so we continue to pray for him. But he's also been an incredible mentor of mine. Uh, he took me on my first mission trip in 1998, and honestly, I had the worst experience of my life and said, I'm never doing that again. Uh, when I, was, uh, when I was, uh, got older, became a pastor, and was working in ministry, I thought, you know what, I need to do that again, check that off the Christian to-do list so that I can get up in front of my church and say, hey, you need to go on a mission trip. And uh, went on a trip to Peru, and honestly, uh, actually Michelle was on that trip when she was young, uh, and God really broke my heart for, for missions. And uh, within about two years, I had probably been on uh, 10 mission trips around the world. My wife and I went out into debt paying for all my trips I was taking, but uh, God really broke my heart for missions, and through Larry's guidance and mentorship, and the call that God had on my life, I began to work at Go International. So I want to take just a moment and tell you about Go International if you don't know. Really want to, first, let me say this. I want to thank COS for their many, many years of support for our ministry. Not just the two of us represented here on stage, but people that you have supported, our partners around the world that you've come alongside of. Really, we are a partnership ministry. Everything we do is not about us. You get to see our faces, but really it's the, the, the heroes of the faith on the ground, our indigenous leaders all throughout the world through 35 countries that really God is, that's the heroes that we want to honor today. I want to take just a moment and tell you about one of those. Today, I'm, this service, I want to tell you about our new partner in Pakistan. Our, we have a new partner in Pakistan. His name is Fasi. He's an incredible man of God. And he's working with pastors and leaders in that country to plant churches all throughout that area. Now listen, you talk about unreached. We're talking about a, one of the most unreached countries in, in the world and one of the most impoverished countries in the world. One of the saddest things that I saw while I was there not too long ago was the fact that children are still in slavery there and working in brick kilns and day-to-day uh, -day trying to earn their freedom, trying to find. But here's the deal. The gospel is spreading there, there because of the work of our partner and because of what Christ is doing. The light of Jesus is all over Pakistan. And so our really Go International is not about anybody you see here in the States. It's about the people on the ground doing the work in places that you and I uh, may never go to taking the gospel to people you and I could never take it to, to share the love of Christ all throughout the nations. Yeah, and so we offer opportunities for you to go with us um, to visit some of these partners and work alongside them. We have a list of opportunities out there, actually. If you're interested, your heart's been stirring, please come with us. And there's other global partners here, other mission organizations that also have opportunities. They talked about it during the announcements. We want to encourage you to get connected. Um, but that's one thing that we do. Uh, we also really, um, the Lord has really been um, just putting in our hearts discipleship and really just training and equipping the partners that we have on the ground so that they can go and make disciples who make disciples within their communities. 
Um, they have the best opportunities the, the, um, to go out within their own communities and people to, uh, to share the gospel, to make disciples. They know their people better than we do. And so we want to equip and empower them um, to, to make disciples in their areas. And so we have come up with a, we've training. We do disciple-making movement training. And recently, we put together a curriculum focused on women. Um, if you think about women around the world, they're one of the most oppressed groups out there. Um, many women don't have an education. They're impoverished. Uh, they're living by themselves, trying to take care of children. And so uh, God, God wants to raise up women to be warriors for, for Christ. And so um, I, this is an opportunity I'm so excited about to be able to talk about and encourage the, the dignity, the worth, the value of women. Um, and so we talk about the physical needs and the spiritual needs and bringing those together, equipping them so that they can go and reach out to their communities we do health lessons. Um, we actually just did this training in Guatemala in August, and it was so powerful just to, again, be able to talk about the beauty of how God has created these women, but also teach them about how their bodies work. And we found there was a woman who was there in her 60s who said, nobody has ever told me this. She's a woman. No one had talked to her about the reproductive system and what it does and understanding her body and how it functions. And so what a privilege to be able to, to share this knowledge to help her discover and learn about how God has created her and that he has given her a voice and wants to empower her um, to reach her own community. And so just real excited about that, um, really something God's put in my heart. And we're going to start um, implementing this training in the, in the trips that we do in the future just to empower women. So Anyway, so as I, as I was praying and just, Lord, what do, you, what do you want me to share? What do you want us to share about? Uh, I just felt led to share with you my story and just how God has moved and worked in my life and has taken me to deeper waters. So I just want to give him all the glory today because everything that he's, it, it's all him. Everything that has happened in my life is because of him. Um, transforming and changing me. And so I just want to share my story with you. Um, as I said earlier, I went on my first mission trip when I was 12, and it was changed my life. And about a year later, um, I felt a call into missions. Um, has anyone ever read the book Bruchko, Bruce Olson? Anybody heard of it? It's a great book. If you haven't read it, I highly suggest it. Um, but I was doing a report at school. I went to LCA, and I decided to, to write a report on Bruce Olson. And I'm sitting in my room that night, and I'm reading it, and I just am like, man, what this guy did is really cool. So Bruce Olson, he was a missionary. He left at, like, the age of 19, and he wanted to take the gospel um, to the Modaloin Indian tribe. They're an unreached people, and um, I believe it was the Venezuela-Ecuador um, yeah, border around that area, Colombia. Um, anyway, and so he, he answered the call, and I'm like, I read him his story, and I'm like, wow, that seems really cool what he's doing. You know, I'm 13 years old, like, ah, cool. And I'm like, all right, God, well, if you want me to do this, will you, will you give me a sign? You know, just kind of flew, a, a, just gave, like sent out a flippant prayer to God. Okay, just give me a sign. This is what you want me to do. So I go to school the next day and our campus at the time was located at Southland Christian Church and I opened up my locker and out came this orange little pamphlet and it says, the ultimate challenge God calls you to go where you've never gone before. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and in here it says, the majority of young missionaries working in the world today felt their first call to service when they were in junior high school. The need is so great. Many older missionaries will soon leave the field and thousands of young people your age must fill their shoes. Others must take the gospel to people who have never heard it. In total commitment and trust, you can say, here I am, Lord. Send me. I accept the ultimate challenge. What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I, I couldn't believe it. And so I walked into my classroom, and I was, like, showing it to other people. Like, has anybody else seen this? Anyone get this in their locker? No one. Not a single person. <laughs> okay, God, I guess you're in. That's my sign, right? <laughs> you're calling me to missions. And so February 1st of 2000, um, I signed that I, I made a commitment to God that I will trust him with, to direct my future, that I'll be serious about carefully preparing for the future, and I will consider whether God wants me to be a missionary. Man, <laughs> he answers prayers, right? <laughs> Just like that. 
So after that, I started going on a lot of mission trips with Go International. I got to know Larry Cochran better. Again, he's, you know, mentoring me and discipling me, learning and growing and all this. And even interned with Go International out of college. And But then I, honestly, I took a season. I had a season of my life where I turned my back on God and I just started doing my own thing. And um, just, I don't know, just living life for myself. And about six years ago, God, God got a hold of my heart again, and I gave my life back to him. But it's been this journey. Um, you know, I grew up in church, and so you know, I know all the truths, and I've heard about God all my life. But when I recommitted my life to the Lord, and, and I had an encounter with Jesus uh, about a year or so later, that it just transformed me. You know, being in the presence of God, that's what this, we talk about at this church. We want to be in the trans- presence of God because he transforms us, he changes us. An encounter with him. And so um, as I started coming back to him, um, I, I, you know, I'm like, I still have this, this tug in my heart um, to be in missions. And so I went to Go International's 50th banquet, a wedding, uh, uh, anniversary banquet, and I saw Larry Cochran, and, and I'm like, man, I'd love to do what you're doing. You're leading teams, you're doing ministry, all this cool stuff. I'd love to do that. He said, well, come on, come join me. And I said, okay, all right. So about five months later, I left my stable, steady job with the state of Kentucky and uh, decided to go as a faith-based missionary and work and go full-time and uh, had no idea what was in store for me after that. You know, I had this dream, this idea, I'm going to be in missions, oh, this is be so cool, you know, the adventure, this is great. And uh, realized uh, along in the process, God had a lot of work he wanted to do in my life. Man, he's so good. Just want to say that when we're... Even when we turn away or we walk away from him, he's so faithful and he pursues us constantly. And I want to shout out to my parents because when I wasn't following the Lord, they prayed for me earnestly to come back. And so I just want to encourage you, don't give up. If you have children that aren't following Jesus, I want to encourage you to keep praying for them. That they'll come back in the name of Jesus. And so thank you to my parents for praying and for raising me in a home that loved Jesus and loved the Great Commission. So started working at Go and end up having this encounter with Jesus. I'm in the jungles of Peru. My phone's not working. I can't do anything. You know, oftentimes I've found when God strips everything away, you can really actually hear him. And so I just felt like I heard his voice speak to my heart saying, am I enough for you? Am I enough when everything is taken away? And I realized he hadn't really been enough for me, but I wanted him to be. And so that really just started me on this journey of, okay, God, I want you to be enough. I want you to be my everything. And even on that trip, I started learning, you know, the truth of scripture, right? That, that God is true to his word, that when he says he's never going to leave us or forsake us, he's true. Like, he, it's real. He's going to do that. He's going to be with us. And so he just, man, he just started becoming more and more real to me. And so then that leads us up to COVID and, you know, I'm working at Go and, and we go on mission trips, right? We travel and then COVID shut everything down. And I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? Like, you brought me here to Go International and to, to fulfill this call, but now I can't go. And uh, I realized as we were talking in, at, in staff meetings, one of the things Larry brought up and we just felt the Lord was saying was, seek me first, seek after me first. And to love Jesus, to abide with him. And so in that time, again, this is my, my faith journey. It's like the Lord just started drawing me in and, and, and bringing me into closer intimacy and relationship with him. I realized that my priorities were out of whack. Even in doing missions and that calling, it was a lot about the adventure. And I want to tell people about Jesus, but it was a lot about the adventure. But it's about Jesus. And so he had to reprioritize my life to shift what was going on in me to make it about him. And so that's what happened in that season during COVID as things were shut down and slowed down. God just began drawing me in closer. It was about loving him and out of the overflow of that love that we have, that relationship with him that we want, like, why do we want to keep it to ourselves? We want to pour that out and not just to our, our neighbors, our friends across the street, but around the world. And so I'm just so thankful to God is so faithful. He's so patient with us. Um, and he, he just journeys along with us right where we're at and just continues to draw us into deeper waters. And so that's the, you know, that's the theme for this missions conference is, is talking about going into to deeper waters 
And, you know, I think about uh, sometimes it is scary to step out of the boat, you know. Peter, I, I kind of trying to put myself in his shoes. Maybe he was thinking, oh, my gosh, like, I'm going to step out of this boat. Like, I'm away from the shore. It's deep. I can't see. Like, there's all this stuff. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? But Jesus is inviting me out. And he steps out anyway. Even if he was feeling all those emotions and fears and anxieties, he stepped out of the boat. He trusted Jesus. He knew Jesus and trusted in him when he stepped out. And so uh, just thinking about us, I know so many times the, the enemy just wants to paralyze us from stepping outside of that boat. And so Jesus is calling, though, that invitation to come, to trust him, to know who he is and that he's got this. And so that's just been a little bit of my journey. The Lord has been teaching me slowly to step out of the boat and to trust him and to know that he's got this and that he's calling all of us to deeper waters. So Yeah, so I believe that there are people in the room today that God is asking you to step out of the boat, to literally walk out on those untrusted waters, to to step out over this edge of security in onto the waters of the unknown because God has a calling for your life. Let me tell you something, church. I have a favorite scripture, and I have a lot of favorite scriptures. My wife says that every talk, scripture I talk about is my favorite scripture. <laughs> but <clears throat> I want to bring to your attention this morning John chapter 15. Really, I could talk to you about the whole chapter Right, we, We've all know this. We're, it's where Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you remain in me, you can bear much fruit. How many people want to bring God glory this morning? Yes. Right? Raise your hand real high. I want to bring glory to God this morning. Well, I have a secret for you. This is the glory of God in John chapter 15, verse 8. It says this, this is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. You see, if we truly want to bring glory to God, if we truly want to give God all the glory, then the calling upon all of our lives is to go and bear fruit for the kingdom of God. Really, it is the proof of who we say we are. It is the proof that we are believers and followers in Christ that we go and bear much fruit for him. Let me tell you, don't get confused in, in what you're supposed to do. What you're supposed to do is to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. yeah. So as I'm growing in my journey of discipleship and following after Jesus and learning, I want to bear fruit for the kingdom. I want to bear fruit for Jesus. And, but at simultaneously also feeling these emotions of fear, anxiety, insecurity, of, okay, God, I know you've called me to this. I know that this is, this is what you called me to when I was 12, 13 years old, to be a missionary, but I am not qualified to do this. I would sit in the office and just like, I'm not Larry Montgomery. I'm not Larry Cochran. Well, we had lots of Larrys at the office at, at, at that time, so I'm not that Larry, that Larry, and that Larry. That's not me, you know. How can I be them? I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. I didn't go to seminary. I didn't go to Bible school. I, I'm, I'm not qualified to do this. God, what are you doing? I, <laughs> and so one day I went into your office and I told him these things. I said, Larry, what am I doing here? I'm not you. I'm not Cochran. I, I'm not a pastor. I didn't go to Bible school. I didn't, I, I, I'm not qualified to do this. <laughs> Help. <laughs> and so what I did you say? Sit down. <laughs> You, you need to sit down because we're going to look at some scriptures today. And one of the, the first scriptures we looked at was this John 15. And you know, the calling on all of our lives is to go and bear much fruit. But there's two keys in that calling in that scripture. I'm a preacher. I got to have, you know, three points in a poem most of the time. So I'm going to give you today two keys to bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. The first one comes from verse 5 of John 15. I'm not, it says, remain in me. The, the number one key to bearing fruit for the kingdom of God, quite simply, is to remain in him. Stay connected to the vine. Many of you in this room today maybe have a calling or maybe have something in your life that you feel God is calling you to to do to bear fruit. My, my, my encouragement for you today is quite simply get close to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Get close to him because he wants to use you for the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you what the number, the second key is? Go back to key number one. 
and remain in him. It's really all we need is Jesus to remain in him. But as Michelle started talking to me about she didn't feel qualified, she didn't feel worthy, she didn't feel like she was, had everything she needed for what God had for her. I said, Michelle, we're going to talk about two scriptures today. Really, we're going to talk about John chapter 3 and John chapter 4. What happened in John chapter 3? We Here we find a man had an encounter with the Christ. A man had an encounter with Jesus. He, he met with him. And here's what I like to say. This man, this man Nicodemus, you know, remember that story? He was, what I like to say, was the most qualified man to ever have an encounter with Jesus. He really was. He was educated. He was a part of the Sanhedrin. He knew the law. He probably knew every prophecy about the Messiah. He could recite the first five books of the Bible. He knew everything you think he would need to know to bear fruit for Jesus once, once he had this encounter. And then there's John chapter 4. Who do we find in the John chapter 4? We find the woman at the well. You know what I like to say with her? She was probably the most unqualified person to ever have an encounter with Christ. She, had, she was a woman, and in those days that meant she was less than. She was a Samaritan, which means she was a, a part of the race of the Jews who were outcast, who was not welcomed, who were not to be associated with. She was a sinner. She had problems in her life. Matter of fact, she was married to uh, she was, uh, had been married five times and was living with another man. She was the most unqualified person to ever have an encounter with, with Christ. But the comparison of those scriptures are this. The most qualified man to ever have an encounter of Christ, Nicodemus. Some say I'm too hard on him. Some say, but I can find no record in the Bible of him ever leading anyone to Christ in spite of all of his qualifications. But what about the woman at the well? What about the most unqualified? What was her fruit? How could she do it? Let's look at this scripture from John chapter 4, verse 39 through 42. It says, we know this story. She has this encounter with Christ at the well. She leaves her water bucket. She goes and she tells her community. It says many of the Samaritans of the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came out to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed for two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really, really is the savior of the world. You see this woman with no qualifications, really the outcast of the community. She was the type of person, I like to say, that when she walked down the street, that people whispered about. That she, they, oh, look, here she comes. But God had an appointment with her day. She had an encounter with the Christ, and she would reach her entire community. Let me tell you, church, it's not about your qualifications. It's not how many, about how many letters you have had in your name. It's not about what you can do. It's not really even about your gifts and talents. It's about whether you've been with him or not. You remember the story in Acts chapter 3 where Peter and John were walking up to the southern portico and they had this encounter with the man who was begging. And what did they say to him? Silver or gold I have not, but this that I have. Stand up and walk. And what happened? That made everybody mad. He had performed this miracle. They called him in front of the Sanhedrin, the religious people of the day, called him up and they were questioning him and they flogged him and they beat him and they said, you can't go talk about Jesus anymore. They didn't listen to that. But they went on their way and then it said something very important in Acts chapter 4 verse 13. It said this, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. You see, your qualifications is quite simple, that you have been with him. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what you think you cannot do. What matters is what he can do. What matters is that he wants to use you to change the world for his glory. Amen. So this is what we talked about that day as we sat there with the Bible open. Man, it was a Holy Spirit moment. This has been 
pivotal for me. I realized it's, it's not, a, I, my qualification is Jesus, just being with him. He's the one that qualifies me. He's the one that empowers and equips me to do this work. It talks about in John 14 that the Holy Spirit will remind you of things. He will teach you all things. What greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world? Guys, we have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have Christ, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. We don't need to be afraid. He has given us peace. He has given us courage and boldness and power to do the things that he has called us to do. When we are weak, he is strong. So I want to encourage you today. God, this, I feel like this is, uh, this is really the call that God has put on my heart is to, to help raise people up, to know who they are in Jesus, that your identity and your worth is found only in him. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. The enemy wants to paralyze you to keep you from moving. He wants you to keep you in that boat. But Jesus' invitation is to come. Don't listen to the eyes of the enemy, that are the lies that say that you, you aren't good enough. You can't do this. That is from the pit of hell. Jesus says he's the way, the truth, and the life. We stand on his truth and his foundation that he is in us and he has qualified us. All we need to do is be with Jesus and he will empower us to go out to make disciples. Guys, every day, I'm just an ordinary, I'm just an ordinary girl here. You know, I, I, I didn't go to seminary. I didn't go to Bible school, but I've been with Jesus and Jesus has transformed my life. And I want people to know I want people to know him, and they deserve to know him. We can't keep it to ourselves. So don't let the enemy keep you in the boat. Step out. We all have a part to play in the Great Commission. It doesn't say it's just for some people. It says it's for all people. And so the status of the world is this, that 7,253 unreached people groups around the world need the gospel. That of that, those people groups, 3.4 billion people have not heard. That's 42.4% of the population that need the gospel. And the hope of the world is Jesus Christ, and you are carrying that. You know what God's plan is to reach those people? You and me. And there's no plan B. God wants to use you to reach the world. As a matter of fact, it's not just an option. It's our commission to go into all the world and to make disciples of all men, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And remember that he is with us always, even to the ends of the earth. The great commission, the call of the gospel to the nations is not an option but it is a commandment for us to follow that if we want to bring God glory and bear fruit for the kingdom of God, then we have to prove ourselves to be his disciples by bearing fruit. God has a calling on, on your life. God has a calling for each of us. You know, the words of Jesus in, Mar in Matthew chapter 9, when, when the scripture says this, Jesus went through all the towns and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless and like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers. You see, the, wor the, the world is lost it is harassed. It is in trouble. It is dark. But we have the hope of the world, and we need to have compassion on them. And, you know, the words of Jesus was like, if you want something to pray for, pray for workers. Pray for workers. The world needs you to reach the gospel. It doesn't matter what your qualifications are. It doesn't matter who you think you are or what your limitations are. What matters is who he is and the calling of God that he has on your life. He needs workers and he needs you. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are all handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do the good works which God has prepared us to do. What is God preparing you to do for his kingdom? How is he preparing you to go and bear much fruit? What is your part in the Great Commission? 
Yeah, and so we just want to talk about some practical ways. How can you be a part of the Great Commission? And what are your next steps? You know, everybody is in a different place. God is speaking to everybody differently. And so it's really just responding to what is God saying to you right now in this moment of what is your next step, your part to play in the Great Commission. So these are just some examples. If you've been here this weekend, you've heard a lot of the global partners talk about ways of participating and being involved. It's not just for everybody to go. Not everybody can go. But some can can send others and give to those going on the mission field. You can help send somebody else on a short-term mission trip. Give financially. Give of your time to help. Maybe there's fundraisers people want to need to have to try to you know support their ministries and going and 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 giving to the church as well. We want to increase that. I know that Steve had a vision for was it a million dollar budget for missions? And so guys, this is an opportunity to continue sowing in to missions and what God. God is doing on the earth. We can pray, pray for our missionaries, pray for these global partners that are here um, and that who couldn't be here. Pray for them daily, weekly, monthly. Get your get friends together, get a small group together to pray for the unreached. Pray for people. If you know names of people in other countries that don't know the Lord, pray by name for those people and go, go with us, go with any of these other global partners and organizations that have opportunities. Or maybe God is calling you to go full time. There are more workers that are needed to go to the fields. So the, the fields are ripe for harvest, but we need workers. So go. There's also opportunities to welcome those that are here. We have refugees on our doorstep right here. I've gone with Angela. We have um, uh, go and visit some Syrian women and just spend time and build relationship with them. Guys, there's opportunities right here. They've never heard Jesus, and so we have that chance to, to tell them about Jesus and the good news. We don't want to keep it to ourselves, right? Um, we can mobilize. You know, maybe if you can't go, but you're hyped up, you're excited for missions, cast that vision. Tell other people about missions. Get them excited. Get them going on a trip. And then learning. You can take perspectives. You've heard us talk about it all weekend. Join the perspectives class. I think Jonathan Wilbur likes to say it'll wreck your life, but for the good. <laughs> and it's true. Maybe that's not a good selling point, but man, it, it is powerful how God uses that class just to understand God's heart for the nations and how that's woven all through scripture. Read a book, read Bruchko. There's other books that have been mentioned over, over the course of the weekend, but, but just start diving in, but asking the Lord, what is your next step? What does he want you to do? And say yes to him in obedience, no matter how big or small that step is, just say yes in obedience to Jesus. The reality is this, when Jesus died on the cross and he was he would have been crucified and he'd come back and he was talking to his disciples. He said something very important to them. He said this. He told them in Luke chapter 24, verse 46 through 49, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and will rise from the dead and on the third day repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Beginning in Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power on high. You see, what he told his disciples is, you're going to be my witnesses to the nations of what has happened of me dying on the cross for the repentance of their sin. You have a story to tell. Now, before I get to the next part, I want to remind you that the disciples had seen everything that Jesus had ever done. They had seen every miracle. They had heard every teaching. They were at the Sermon on the Mount. They were in the boat in the storm on the Sea of Galilee. They saw him heal the blind man. They saw, heard every time he preached. They heard every lesson. They heard every challenge to every Pharisee. And he said to them, you're going to be my witnesses. But before you go, you need to wait. Wait for what I, the Father has promised Wait for the Holy Spirit so that you can be clothed with power on high to do the work that I've called you to do. You see, I believe that there are people in this room today that God is calling to do something special for the kingdom of God. I don't know what that is. I don't know what the, the calling that you have been working with on your life, that you've been stirring around with, trying to figure out, God, what is it that you want me to do? Or maybe you're saying, I'm not qualified to do that. 
and I don't even know how to begin. Let me tell you, I believe that there are global partners here that are heroes of the faith that are willing to mentor you into what God has called you to do. But you also must remember, God not only qualified us because of what Jesus did, he empowered us through the power of the Holy Spirit so that we could take the gospel to the world. Jesus said, it's better that I go so that the Holy Spirit could come. Why? So that we could do the work of taking the gospel all throughout the world. And my challenge for you today, our challenge for you today is quite simply this. What are you going to do to bear fruit for the kingdom of God? The, the, the nations that are, sorry, the world needs you. And those 7,000, over 7,000 unreached people group need you. By the way, there's unreached people groups right here in the United States of America. Look it up on the Joshua Project. And they need workers. So as Pastor Steve comes today, I just want to challenge you. As I, I looked at this card this morning. And I want to challenge you to look at the bottom. Not just your tithes and offerings. Look at the bottom. How can you offer your life? What is it? Well, I think, quite simply, all of us can pray regularly for the work that God is doing here at COS. We can pray for the workers that are working around the world. How can you help? You can go on a mission trip. I'm too old. That's not an excuse. I have this ailment. That's not an excuse. God wants to use you for the kingdom work around the world. And to you can participate in a local team. There's all kinds of outreaches that our global partners here at COS are doing to reach people right here in Lexington for the gospel. What are you going to do to bear fruit for the kingdom of God? You no longer have an excuse. You're qualified. You no longer have an excuse. You're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And there's opportunities for you to get involved with the gospel work of the kingdom. Pastor Steve. We have had a marvelous weekend. Look at the very bottom of this yellow card. It says, God is calling me. Every person in this room is just as called as anybody else. And the Father will speak to you throughout your life. The first calling is always to surrender and give your heart to him. Some of us may have the Lord is speaking to us. We're messing around with stuff we shouldn't mess around, and we need to walk away from it. That's a calling. Walk away from what he's telling you to walk away from. Some of you need to love your spouse. Some of you need to commit to discipling your children. Some of you need to be committed to scripture reading and to prayer. As far as the Great Commission goes, we all need to step it up. We can do more. And I will say this. Can we just be real for a second as the worship team comes out? Uh, it's this issue of fear. Every time the Lord has called me to something, even when I was a lost man, I was afraid of giving up control. My first mission trip, I was 32 I got to South America, I was terrified because I was going, Lord, what if you call me here? I can't do this. I don't even like these people. I don't even like this. But halfway through, I realized they were just like me. I could love them. And so everything I've done, fear is the first thing that comes. And maybe you're here today and you've got fear. You need to just do the next, take the next step. That's all you got to do. The Lord never gives you a 40-year plan. He says, take the next step. This is the next step for you. So let's all stand as we worship. This is a wonderful time. Let's all stand. This is a holy time. As we worship, I want to pray first that God will give us faith to take the next step, whatever that is. And I would pray that this altar would be full of people who are just saying to the Lord, I'm willing, Lord. I'm willing. 
There's people that will pray with you here too. And as we worship, just come forward. And like hundreds of folks did at the first service, take your yellow card and place it face down in the basket. So let me pray for all of us. Father, we need courage to take the next step. There's people that are lost, people that need to be gifted in sharing the scriptures, people that need to be better husbands and better wives. But Lord, release faith in the room to take the next step and say, Lord, here am I. I will do what you ask. And then let him do his best. So release faith in the room to give their heart to Christ, to say yes to you. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. As we worship, would you come forward and place your yellow card? Or if you'd like to get on your face and deal with God, talk to him. Or you want prayer, there's people that will pray with you.
thank you for your calling on all of our lives probably happened even when we were children because you've got great things in store we bind the spirit of fear that would cause us to say no to you instead we step over that fear and we say yes and we'll just do the next thing you ask us to do so release faith in this room and Lord we thank you for your goodness in Jesus name everyone said Amen. Uh, pick up your children and our global partners. It'll be out in the foyer. If you're wrestling with fear, you got something, why don't you reach out to one of them and let one of them pray with you? Or there's people here that'll pray with you. Thank you for joining us online today at Church of the Savior. We hope you were encouraged to grow in your walk with Jesus. If you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, would you please reach out to us? We would love to help you take your next step. Please visit our website for information on upcoming events and how you can connect with the COS family. There's also a prayer request form where you can let us know how we can pray for you. Thank you so much again for tuning in, and we hope to see you next week. God bless.